What's up, everybody? Okay, do you guys know that even if we all ate the same and exercised the same, that we would all still look completely different? I'm Lacey Green, a super trainer with body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And I'm telling you, this is something you need in your life. The app is about feeling amazing as we help you get life-changing results. That's called health esteem. Feeling good about yourself right now as you work on the person you are becoming using Body's easy-to-follow programs. Body isn't just some app. It's a day-by-day plan plan and its people, its trainers, delicious meal planning, and even positive mindset experts. And Body features my program for beginners only, which you have to try even if you've never worked out a day in your life. And here's how I'll make it a total no-brainer. Join Body today and you can get one month free. That's a $29 value, a full free month just for joining today and letting me help you start your lifestyle transformation. I do not want you to miss this free month offer. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. A lot of people are saying Quasi Quarteng is getting fired, but that absolutely won't happen. But I will definitely acknowledge saying this next week if it does. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon, and this is Nonsensored. Hello and welcome to another week of Non-Censored, where I share the best bits from my radio show. Usually I'd be joined with my producer Martin, but he's not here right now. He's left me a note saying he's got couples counselling, so make something up like a doctor's appointment. I don't really want that made public. So there you have it. Uh, Martin is at the doctor's, but he'll be back for more links next week. Now, it it was a really wonderful show. Um, There was, as always, stuff we just couldn't share with you. Elon Musk uh, came on the show. We talked to him. But sadly, we were using his Starlink system and we lost connection halfway through. We also had pop sensation MIA on to talk about the danger of vaccines. But sadly, she kept trying to promote her record instead, which is really not why we booked her. I mean, she... She, she didn't read the brief, so um, again, we, we had to cut that. But we've, got all the most, but we've got all the most important stuff here still for you to listen to. We had Prime Minister Liz Truss back on the show. People were saying she's a bit down, but no, to me, she always seemed like the same old unflappable Liz. But make your own mind up. That's what this show is about. Take a listen. Prime Minister, hello, how are you doing today? Hello, Harriet. As every day of being your Prime Minister, I'm doing extremely well. Oh, wonderful. Now, let's start by talking about you had another sterling performance in PMQs. Uh, Only your second one, yet it was like you've been going for ages. Two out of two, 100% no notes for me, Liz. Trust the Prime Minister. No notes. I don't think anyone would. I don't think anyone would. I think you really gave Keir Starmer a run for his money. He was on the ropes. I put him on notice. Yes, indeed. Now, one of the things that you you said in PMQs was that you definitely will not cut public spending. And now, Prime Minister, can you can you assure us of this? Because there has been some naysayers who suspect that you might U-turn on this later down the line. Who are these naysayers? I've never met them. Show yourselves, cowards. That's, I mean, yes. I Do you know what? I hope they're listening to this programme and I hope they're scared. 
I can just feel their fear even though they don't exist. No notes. All good. Well done. But Prime Minister, I mean, if I was to play devil's advocate, there has been talk of, you know, a few U-turns that you have made. Obviously, there was the plans to axe the 45p top rate of income tax. And you were very emphatic that you would not be U-turning on this. Uh, You said it definitely wouldn't happen. And then it it definitely did. So, I I mean, what's going on here? Are you U-turning on these issues? Or is is it just the, the cut and thrust of politics? As I said to my dynamic new Chancellor Quasi, you turn if you want to. I definitely won't ever. I will. Ne- I won't do it. Liz Trust doesn't you turn or make mistakes or do anything bad. As your Prime Minister, it's good. No notes. So, is it your Chancellor then? Do you trust your Chancellor? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, so he was the one, really, who, who U-turned. I've, I've yes. got to say that, um, Prime Minister, I, I, I just need to chip in and say, I, I, you know, I haven't always been uh, the number one fan of Conservative. It is. It's producer Martin. <laughs> um, I, I haven't That's always what, been. I thought it was. Uh, I, heard, I heard that voice and I thought someone wants to speak to me. Oh, well, yeah, I, I do a, a pod occasion, uh, enjoy a chat. And you're always very polite. Uh, and thank you again for, for coming on the show. Um, I was just going to say that the uh, conservative policy isn't always uh, something that I agree with. But I, I think some of these U-turns are actually good ideas. I think maybe that there's a, a problem with people thinking that U-turning is bad. Because you know, if you're driving down a road... And, and you realise that, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get over the bridge because the bridge Yes, you is keep going. Well, well I, I, that's one option. But you could just U-turn, couldn't you? I mean, it's a useful manoeuvre. Martin, can you imagine some of the great works of this nation if the U-turn had happened? Imagine Thelma and Louise if at the end those women had U-turned. No, just keep going. Well, they they'd be alive. I mean, they they would be they'd be alive. They live forever in our hearts. Liz Truss will do that. Queen of Hearts, Liz Truss, me, Prime Minister. So, in your opinion, a U-turn is never a good thing, and never something you would do. D- correct. I never would, and my dynamic Chancellor could do what he likes. I don't care anymore. Do what, do what you bloody like. Just don't even listen to me, whatever. Prime Minister, do you feel like the population of the UK are letting down your policies? Yes. Here's what they do. They listen to the naysayers that who don't exist, but the media are them, and they've never backed the Conservatives. I'm sure you agree. The, the British media never backs this government. And so what happens is the journalists who aren't real, they're just a media, they speak to the British public who get the wrong idea and they don't agree with me that everything I'm doing is correct, no notes. 
and it's bad for the country and it's bad for me who all I wanted was to be prime minister and be on the cover of British Vogue. They're taking that away from me with their naysaying, but they're not real. So it's the lefty mainstream media who you really hold accountable. The Daily Mail, The Times, The Telegraph, Mm. The Sun. How many times have they backed Labour every time, all of time, all the times? Never once that Conservative ever. That's true. That's always the case. Uh, Could I just ask, uh, Prime Minister, uh, how do you feel about um, Mm. how do you feel about uh, Nadine Dorries? She's been a bit of a detractor of late of some of your policies. I thought maybe coming from you know the same team that might feel um yes she was originally a supporter of you i've seen her appearances and i have to say i think some people are just messy bitches who love drama and it's time to get on with the job there's some strong and strong words there yeah prime minister now there has been talk about some tory rebels who are trying to oust you and replace you with a sort of Penny Mordaunt, Rishi Sunak government. Now, James Cleverly has stepped up and he said, no, no, they mustn't do this. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? It must be so soon into your leadership. This must be a little disconcerting. Yes, James Cleverly by name, Cleverly by nature, has very cleverly told them to back that hell off just all they're interested in is not losing their seats well I don't care that's that's all they're interested in yes prime minister are you okay yes everything's going very well my position in the polls continues to grow 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 good no 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 notes no notes prime minister you know it's it's okay to be wrong sometimes. I mean, it's it's sort of less okay nope. when you're in charge of a country's economy. But you you are you are allowed to. You know, I mean, sometimes I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Uh, I think. Well, may, maybe take know. your own advice, Martin, and, and realize that you're wrong about this specifically. But there's lots you're right about, Martin. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you very much, um, uh, Prime Minister. I, I I think that's that's almost the time that we have with you thank you so much for coming on again it's always a pleasure to talk to you it's also uh very flattering to um to receive those texts uh that you sent oh. um as, as as i told you before i i have a nokia 3210 so i can't i can't actually look at those um those pictures that you sent but well uh, you, you'll just have to use the most erotic part of the body martin the brain r- right um, Imagine, imagine them, hun. Imagine. Right. Well, on that delightful note, Prime Minister, thank you ever so much once again for for coming on this show. Thank you. Any time, please. This week, our senior political correspondent, Ishan Akbar, joined us once again to talk about the lack of nuance in modern politics. And I have to say, I really agree with that. You either love nuance or you're scum. Anyway, let's take a listen to this week's hot and spicy takeaway of the week.
Well, it's time for our hot and spicy takeaway of the week. And I am joined, as always, by Ishan Akbar, our senior political reporter. What is your hot and spicy takeaway of the week? Well, the hot and spicy takeaway of the week is inspired by a political heavyweight, a certain Jacob Rees-Mogg, who I know Harriet (laughs) are a big fan of. Yes. Oh, I do. What what an absolute charming Victorian old gentleman he is. <laughs> this week, uh, he was on the radio talking, of course, about this whole hoo-ha we've had about the economy. And he made a very wonderful point that uh, made me think, actually, that is my hot and spicy takeaway of the week, which is that not everything is caused by the direct actions of the thing that you do affecting the thing that happens. Sorry, can you explain this a bit more? So, Cause and effect. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, effectively. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Let's just imagine a scenario where you have one of those, you know those quite fancy taps that can give you cold water and boiling hot water? Oh, yes. Very yes. good. At the yeah, same time. It's a so, wonderful invention there. Yes, they're very good, aren't they? Now, you may turn on the tap, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't always know which side the hot or the cold lever goes. So you may accidentally have the boiling hot tap on. And then if you put your hand in, in a bit to wash your hands and you scold yourself, that's not the fault of the tap, is it? It's your fault for not taking the necessary measures so as not to scold yourself. So Jacob Rees-Mogg this week said, the struggles of the economy cannot be directly attributed to the mini-budget that was announced by our Chancellor Quasi Quarten. In fact, it's more to do with interest rates and a minor part of fiscal policy, which, of course, you and I both know has got nothing to do with money. Sorry, Ishan. That sounds... Uh, I think I feel like I have to ask the question. Um, In this analogy, is Jacob Rees-Mogg the tap or is he the hand? That's a good question, actually. In this analogy, Jacob Rees-Mogg is the drying rack. He's got nothing to do with the tap or the hand. He, he does look a bit right. like He's a the drying rack, doesn't he? Yes. So there he is, just observing what's going on. And actually, if I may say so, I feel like Jacob Rees-Mogg is adding something that is sorely lacking in a lot of discourse around politics. And that, of course, is nuance. There he is saying, hold on a minute. Instead of saying, just because the Chancellor of the Exchequer who's in charge of the money, announces a budget about the money, and then everyone is struggling, the money is struggling, that's not the fault of what the Chancellor said. There are other things affecting the money. I love this way of thinking. I think it's so true because so often, especially from what we've seen in the last few weeks, the government are getting blamed just because they've done things that have resulted in other things happening, when actually those things that have resulted in happening are not because the government have done things, but because of external forces. It's a bit like, Martin, when I was round yours and I threw a a small stone at one of your children slash dogs. You know, they're very similar. And they got very sort of upset. They have a similar energy, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Very yappy. And they cried, very yappy. And I thought, no, this isn't my fault, actually. 
this isn't my fault. Yeah. No. What were you doing standing there in the first place? I I do remember that event because um, there, there, there was a lot of tears. And um, I, I think there is actually a comparison to uh, what's currently going on with the government and the, um, the the financial situation the country seems to be in. However, I mean, look, this it seems to me like the government and Jacob Rees-Mogg are just trying to weasel their way out of taking responsibility. That's, that's what it comes across. I mean, you can read no. that. No, 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 no. You see, a, a conservative government, as you and I both know, believe in small government. So what they're doing here is saying, look, if we govern... We have no direct impact on what actually happens. So we may not as well be here. What is the government? It's just a building full of people. The building isn't affecting the money. The building can't do anything about climate change. The building itself cannot do anything about, you know, poverty. It's just a building. That's what the government yeah. is. So that's what Jacob rees is saying. He said, look, we're just in the building. If you don't want to be poor... Stop coming to the building because the building can't do anything about it. You have to. Can I take you back to the delightful imagery you came up with earlier of Jake Rees-Mogg being a drying rack? Because yes. what I liked about that is it reminded me of Beauty and the Beast when yes. all the different furniture, they're all actually yes. people. The candelabra, you've the, yes. You've got the candelabra and the funny talking clock. So yes. And I think Jacob Rees-Mogg would make a, a charming drying rack, um, yes. especially if he sang, because I think he'd sing very well. But what I want to know is if he's the drying rack, um, what are the anti-growth coalition? So the anti-growth coalition are very much the boiling hot water that comes out yes. of the tap because they yes. are scolding anyone who interacts with it, you know, and... Yeah. And ultimately, someone's chosen to put the lever that way. I'm not going to say who. I don't wish to. Yeah. You know, is it the left? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But there they are. And so the boiling hot water scolds anyone who interacts with it. That's why you shouldn't even touch yes. it. Yeah. So therefore, once again, we've proven that whoever switched on the tap, it's not their fault. It's not it? their fault. It's our no. fault for putting our hands into it. Yes. So, sorry, just to get yes. this right, it's never yes. anyone's fault that anything that they do mm. happens. Is that what we're what we're going with? Not unless well, you're boiling hot water, in which well, case... I mean, I'm just going to say Exercise name, a bit of... I'm going to say one name, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you whether or not you, uh, you still think that this person isn't responsible for anything. Um, yes. Jeremy Corbyn. Oh. Now, oh. here's the is thing that, with Jeremy Corbyn is he he's not right. operates in a slightly different way, you see. Right, yes, yeah, okay, what, what, yes, and then, it, yeah, because, then we change what we're Because ultimately, the, no, 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 you see, that the tap, the drying rack, the sink, it all yeah. has to be installed onto a kitchen cabinet, right? You can't just have, you can't just have it floating there. So Jeremy Corbyn is a beast. kitchen cabinet. Oh, Oh, yes. I would have thought he was he, more of a tea cosy. He's, no, no, no. He's very much a, a kitchen cabinet in that it's just there, this solid, immovable object on which other things get placed. And because he's there, those other things, there they exist because he's there in the first place. So for, if there was no kitchen cabinet on which to place the sink and the tap, 
and the drying rack, we wouldn't have th- those problems in the first place. Wait, so is the kitchen built on Jeremy Corbyn? Yes, and this is why... Oh, God. I mean, this is very confusing. I, I, I'm not entirely sure I understand what's caused the crash of the economy, but I, I, I certainly am thinking about renovating my kitchen. Well, Martin, so it, looks, some... it looks like it was Jeremy Corbyn. The cabinet has caused the crash of the economy. If you just, you know, yes, the Jeremy cabinet. Corbyn, and then things on top of the of it. Uh, yes. Jeremy Corbyn helped by the anti-growth coalition. Yes. Now, last week, the Northern Irish minister Steve Baker very graciously acknowledged that he and his fellow Brexiteers could have behaved better since 2016. So we got MEP Gerard Donnelly on the line to see if he would accept this, let's call it an apology, or if he was going to be a typical ungrateful rubbish Eurocrat. Let's take a listen. Gerard Donnelly, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Steve Baker Mm -hmm. has very kindly apologised to Ireland and Brussels. He held his hands up And he said that they'd not shown respect to the legitimate interests of Ireland or the EU. And it was time that we went forward, our two countries, as closest partners and friends. I mean, that's lovely, isn't it? Can we all agree now? Water under the bridge, Uh, move on to the big stuff. I mean, we can certainly agree that's and nice of him you know yes, it's, very uh, nice. it's good to be polite and kind and yes. apologizing is a good thing um but we should remember it doesn't actually change any of the things they did you know all the things they did uh, well because he's saying sorry and still continuing to do the bad things so it's like apologizing while slapping us in the face repeatedly no sorry jared if i started slapping you in the face Mm-hmm. It would very much change the nature of my slapping you in the face if I started then apologising. I think then you'd just be like, oh, OK. Oh, all right. You know, it's different, isn't it? I don't know, because words can be received easily. But a hearty old slap in the face uh, is a different thing altogether. You know, I'm still left red cheeked and in pain, you know, and but, uh, that's, that's not my cup of tea. Some people are into that. And in pain with an apology. It is confusing as as well isn't it it's sort of like a, a bit of a salty compliment when someone says oh you look nice yeah for you for today thank you thank you it's like why do you sound so surprised yeah. hard to receive the true um, benefit of the compliment when also getting the slap in the face i, I think that happens no, listen, quite boys, a lot. No... Uh, certainly to me can i stop you there so steve baker said that mm-hmm. we have to bring some humility the situation now do you think that really by not accepting his apology and moving on you're not bringing humility to the situation are you well i i would argue we we had the humility covered right from the off because we were chatting through it even though you've gave us this uh bit of a pain in the ass and we're like okay let's work this out despite this being you know entirely your fault um Uh, sorry no you know uh rewind mm, rewind mm. What do you mean entirely? Uh, well, I mean, the EU didn't vote for Brexit. You know what I mean? What? We didn't kick you out. We voted. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We, we didn't vote to kick you out. We Which voted for like, Brexit. Well, not, not We not knew what we were getting. And we want it delivered. Uh, uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, that, um, a large 
large percentage, Martin. Yeah, but no, and we're waiting for that to be delivered. And it's been very hard with, uh, you know, no offence to your people, Gerard, of, of oh, you know, some of Ireland getting all sort of silly about borders in the sea, all these sort of little things. You know, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I apologise. But sort it like out. Get over yourselves. See, that's, that's no, a perfect, yeah, yeah. That's when, a salty apology there. Pe- that's, that's what we just, it's a very good example. Yeah, yeah t- tone is very important. If you say that, oh, oh sorry, like a teenager slamming the door in his mom's face. Uh, you sorry, know. who's being a teenager now if you're talking about tone? He apologised. Now let's get on with getting rid of this silly little uh, Irish border in the sea and let's get... Let's get Brexit done. Yeah, but like you, you voted for it. That's you, just very the power of yes, words. We listen voted to that for bit. It. You, you we, we voted, voted for we this. You voted for it. You, we, we were all having a great time, mm. and you know he's apologising. He's done some crazy things. You know, like he's after several years of just kind of really slapping, like um, literally slapping yeah. us in the face. I know I used that. That sounded like it was a, ma- a metaphor earlier, but but Steve Baker did actually. Could- hop off a Dublin airport, knock on my door and slap me in the face several times. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. He probably had his reasons mm-hmm. for doing that. And he was know? saying, get Brexit done, as he this said it. Is, I mean, you know. that's a lot for anyone to, to start yeah. kissing. No, Gerard, yeah. listen, we, we all got very heated over Brexit. You know, some of us did some crazy things. Some of us, some of us set fire to our neighbor's post box because they called us a Nazi for, you know, for, for voting to leave. We we all did things that we regret, yeah, and yeah, and so what if Steve Baker physically assaulted you? But like he he you know I mean that's all he, he did. Did he do anything else to you? No. Well, yeah, I mean he he did that with a long kind of sort of artificial arm for some reason as well. He had that like so he was a few feet away as if he didn't want to approach yeah. me and touch me. This was after getting a couple of aids to to. I don't know what the technical term is, but jock my trousers. Uh, yes, like a debagging. Yeah, uh, thank you. It was a technical debagging, and he was slapping me saying, get Brexit done. And he said something along the lines of, what's the problem, Seamus? I'll buy you a few pints, and we'll all be laughing about this tomorrow. I mean, um, something in and around those lines. That's This was before what I believe he thought was a peace offering. He had those aides stuff a bag of potatoes through my letterbox. Wow. And it's a very thin letterbox, so it was essentially mash by the time it came through on the other oh. side. And it, we're not much of a mash house. And also, there's kind, there's some connotations there, like it, like any other vegetable. And I might have been like, oh, fair enough. But that that's the one that, that kind of, that really ticks people it's, off. you know. And it was a hell of a mess to clean up. And, and to be fair, he did stuff some gravy through there afterwards. So so it was it was approaching a Sunday roast. But still, I didn't ask for this. Much like I didn't ask for Brexit. And I mean, if we were to say that, you know, the power of the apology, we don't want to undermine it. It's always good to apologise for things. What level of apology uh, would be enough to, uh, for the, for the well, the, especially the whole, could... um, well, let, let's, let's call it what it is, uh, anti-Irish vegetable assault? Yeah, but I mean, probably like he needs to go into specifics. Because that's just the start of it. He he said he also promised to annex Dublin uh, at one point. And I don't know. That was probably I mean, fair at the time, though, wasn't it? We yeah, all wanted I to mean, annex Dublin at uh, one time or another. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did, though. You actually did. That's what? the thing. Like, if you go back far enough, oh, yeah. About, sorry, about 100 no, years ago. Oh, sorry. I don't. I'm not interested in this history, Lark. It, 
doesn't make any sense to me and it has no relevance to what's going on in the world today at all. I'm sorry. Well, this is this is part of the problem here. You see the kind of like, ooh, whoopsie, you know, with the old apology. Some would say you're about 800 years too late. Ah, uh, no. Again, we sorry, we don't like anti-empire sentiment on on this show. This is the show where you can say anything, but not that. Okay, but uh, Jer- Jerry, you don't mind me calling you Jerry. Um, okay. The thing is, all these kind of litany of problems that you're laying at Steve Baker's door because he, you know, assaulted you and threw vegetables at you and all these sort of things and threatened to annex Dublin. Don't you think it'd be a lot easier if you just accepted his apology? Then you could retrospectively look at all that and blame the EU. Um, and then we'd all be on the same page. I don't, I'm, I'm confused. I, I, I just don't know. It's very much him. He got the ball rolling, you know, with the whole Brexit spiel. And he's like, whoops, sorry about that. But let's all get on together and fix it. And um, But, you know, we didn't we didn't do this. You know what I mean? Well, you know, he is the dark angel of Brexit. And sometimes he oversteps the mark. But he's got a job to do. Well, I, I just feel like he's gotten, you know, the, the apology is just a start, you know? Well, Jerry, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so glad that we now agree it's time to move on and, and look just, at the true enemy, yeah. which is the EU. Um, okay, just to clarify, I didn't agree to that. Please don't cut off this bit of me clarifying. Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's going to hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's going to make it to the end of the episode. Who will live? Who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our guest this week was actor, columnist, broadcast journalist, Nicola Thorpe. She's held her own against a few titans of media in her time, such as Piers Morgan, but she's not faced the Emily Maitlis of the right before. And by that, I am, of course, talking about myself. How does she fare? Let's find out. We have Toki Lefty on a panel show with us, Nicola Thorpe. Hello, and today you're our token lefty. Hello, Harriet. So lovely to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. I, I will say, though, producer Martin, he's not a lefty, but he is a sort of wishy-washy, you know, blah, centrist. So I don't want you to feel like you're completely, you know, in with the, you. the right thinking. How right-wingers. boring, Martin. Yes. Pick a side and stick to it. Well, okay, I know fair this- enough. <laughs> I say this to him all the time. But Nicola, I mean, the reason why I start bringing that up is because you say, you know, you're the the token lefty, but 
I mean, aren't you supposed to be against tokenism? <laughs> What's going on here? Look, it's a shame that on the largely right-wing media circuit, lefties are seen as tokenists. I'd actually think that lefties are in a, a far larger majority in this country, but we just don't get platformed in the same way. Don't create as much uh, conflicting content because we, we tend to just have a nice chat and agree with each other. Well, actually, Nicola, that's not quite true because the silent majority mm. is the right-thinking right-wingers. The loud majority, mm. the please shut up, you're upsetting me, this is too much, why are you going on about this, is traditionally the left-wingers. Well, do you ever think it? that the, the silent majority, as you've described them, are silent because yes. most of them don't actually exist except for in your head for your own intent and no. purposes? No. No. Okay. No, no, they're silent because they feel like they can't speak. Right. They can't say what they feel mm. because they are continually oppressed by this sort of wokey, uh, lefty, Marxist disease. I mean, if you don't mind me calling it a disease, uh, that is taking over our media, our airwaves, mm-hmm. our children, mm. our sports. Our history, our arts, our um, fashion, our, um, I I mean, I could could go on. I mean, Martin's probably got the full list as our producer. There is a long list, but I don't think we need to go through it all. I think most of our listeners are aware of what we think the the woke uh, lefty, uh, you you know, intelligentsia have tried to take over. Yeah, you've you've completed that entire bingo card there, Harriet, haven't you? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, I do, um, Nicola, afterwards, if you want to join my newsletter, what I do is I do reiterate that every week. You know, there's a list Mm. at the end of of what the Wokies are taking over. And I add to it every week, every week. Wow. Just Uh, over and over again. uh, The the new edition is... uh, Just over and over again. uh, Croissants, apparently. Yes, very, the wokiness, because you used to have just a good butter croissant, but now you have almond croissant Mm. and chocolate-covered croissant. This is not, what is this? It's culinary progress, Harriet, and it's absolutely delicious. I'm so sorry if you're stuck in the old ways of the butter croissant. I can say a chocolate-covered almond croissant is delightful. I mean, I resent the phrase old ways because I prefer to see it as traditional British ways. Oh, the French croissant, yes. Very, very traditionally British. Well, I think I think you'll find, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure that the French croissant was actually, it was invented here in England. And then with the French Revolution, one of the things they did, as well as sort of, you know, starting all this kind of lefty nonsense, is they took over our croissants. Wow. Well, I can only apologise on behalf of the left for stealing your continental breakfast and making it European. Let's start, Nicola. I mean, obviously, you've done many things. You're an actor. You've written for various columns. But also, you got famous, didn't you? Because you sort of said high heels are sexist. (laughs) Wasn't that it? That's right, Harriet. Yeah, back in 2016, Mm. I was working as a receptionist. And I was um, told that in order to keep my job, I had to wear two to four inch heels to the office every day. And I said, absolutely not. I want to wear flat shoes. And I got fired. So um, I then challenged that and took it to Parliament, actually. And there was a parliamentary inquiry into sexist dress code policies. And I'm happy to say that an awful lot of dress codes got changed as a result of that. I mean, Harriet, you wouldn't want to be wearing four inch heels every single day in order to keep your job, would you? No, but if I, I mean, I expect receptionists to, to be honest. I mean, I've earned the right to 
do occasionally wear flat shoes, though I have to say I don't because I, you know, I think it's important as a woman to look your best. Mm-hmm. It's pleasing on the eye for the men folk. And that's where we have our power, you see, as a, as a woman. And I think what better way to show your power than by someone sort of saying you have to wear this and then you fulfilling that duty. I see. So so a woman's, a woman's place in the workplace is to look pretty, uh, be four inches taller, look the part. And that that's, you see women's power as being very much connected to her, the soles of her feet. No, look, I'm not saying it's women's place. I'm not one of these, oh, women should stay in the home thing. But I just think we've got to accept where our power mm-hmm. is. And our power is in how we can totter and walk. Because I think you can really tell a lot by if a woman can walk properly. And the way to tell if she can walk properly is if she's wearing a good high heel. It shows balance, and that shows balance of thought. (laughs) So interesting, Harriet. You sound exactly like my manager who fired me on the day. And I actually argued that I was capable of doing exactly the same job as my male counterpart who was wearing flat shoes and no makeup at the time. Yes, but you, come on, you can't ask a man to wear makeup and heels. They, you know, they might think he's gay or something. Right. Well, I don't even know where to begin unpacking how problematic that sentence was, Harriet. But do you worry if you sort of carry on pushing this kind of agenda, mm. women are going to stop being able to get men? Well, I think that's what people said about the suffragettes over 100 years ago was, well, you know, where is it going to stop? If well, we- the suffragettes were famously unmarried, weren't they? <laughs> I can't recall, Harriet, I can't recall their marital status. However, Mm. I don't think that we could look back 100 years and say that they were simply pushing an agenda. They were just looking for basic human rights, which was the right to vote. I'm looking for the human right to work in comfort and safety without a four inch heel on my feet. I just worry about where it will end. I mean, next you're going to be saying that women can have hairy armpits. Do you know what? It's none of my business whether or not a woman wants hairy armpits in the workplace, nor is it my business if a man wants to shave his armpits. I don't see how that could affect somebody's job. I don't like that either. No. I, I think that's very unpleasant. Not not a fan of a hairy um, female armpit, Harry? No, 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 it's horrible. It's just sort of very triggering of my Aunt Helen, who was a sort of hippie. She'd come round with her big hairy armpit. She'd go on about Jermaine Greer, and she'd bring round these flapjacks that you'd... I like flapjacks, but they were just... They were just unpleasant to eat, and I thought... You know, people talk about being triggered, and I think it is an overused word, but I do find hairy armpits triggering for this reason. Well, perhaps I would provide a trigger warning next time one of my hairy armpitted friends is in your vicinity. Um, yes, actually, if you could. I mean, I... I, 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 yes, I what, yes, do you some No, I was just chipping in because to say I, I had to shave my uh, armpits recently for my swimming club, local swimming club. They um, insisted that it might make me a bit faster and shave my legs as well. Fantastic. Is that... Nit- so- Sorry, producer Martin, is that a necessary interjection? Well, no, I just thought it'd give a bit of context from the sort of the male gaze to sort of see what when is when you give interjections, it's to offer facts That's, or things um, that I might have missed. Okay, one fact. Uh, Not. I I think that maybe what your uh, auntie brought round was a Garibaldi. It's often confused. What? Often confused for a flapjack, but isn't quite as enjoyable a Garibaldi. That's. Is that it, Martin? Yeah, Is, can no, I carry yeah, on? The, yeah, I absolutely love it Great. when a man interjects to talk about how his experience of shaving 
is uh, somehow relevant to a woman's. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Nicola. I personally find it very upsetting every time Martin interjects, but, you know, I had trouble getting a producer for this show and we are technically related. Anyway, Nicola, I've been reading some of your articles. Mm. Very interesting. There's a bit of a theme, isn't there? There's a bit of a theme. It's a bit of, oh, what can I get upset about discrimination this week? I mean, you talk about accent discrimination mm. and doctors not doing women's issues. How do you decide what to get angry at? Oh, next? I just wake up and think, I just pick them randomly out of the air, Harriet, I think. What is it? Women? Is it going to be race? Is it going to be classism? Mm. And I go, this is what I'm going to be angry about today. I'm joking. These are things that I... That's, I'm, well, I, that's how I, 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 that's how I, I know. I, I, I can imagine this is... That is a technique that is often used by the right, I suspect. No, I actually do believe these things, believe it or not. I think that improvements in women's health are a good thing. I don't think you could argue about that. Also, I'm not actually angry. I don't wake up every morning feeling furious. I do read things in the paper that go, do you know what? This is something that should be addressed and needs to be changed and spoken about. And then I write about it. And then unfortunately, people like yourself think that I've got my knickers in a twist and I'm a classic complaining, wokey woman who is never satisfied. Well, you are a classic complaining, wokey woman. <laughs> I, I mean, that's your USP, isn't it, is really? It, do you think I'm coming across quite angry, Harriet? I like to think I'm quite rational and reasonable. You said that in quite an aggressive way. Oh, uh, Sort okay. of, yes. Right. So I may, maybe sort of watch your, you know, watch your turn. Okay. Just <laughs> from one woman to another. Thank you. Um, Nicola, if you don't mind me uh, jumping in, we, we did a poll uh, with our listeners and we wanted to see what your opinion was on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of people, you, you often deal with, with people that are having a raw deal, people that aren't being treated the way that they should do. So um, who would win in a who's got it worst off between these people? OK, so we've got first up women. Right. Second of all, the homeless. And third of all, the Ukraine. So they've all got it bad. We're not saying they haven't got it bad, but who do you think has got it worst? You have to rate it. Rate, you could rate them out. Of, uh, what, what are we saying, Martin? Rate out of 10? That's the game. That's how the game works. Or just order mm. it. Okay. Well, yeah. they're very broad. They're like, the top one, I would say, women, very broad category. Um, and second was the, just the homeless. The homeless, yeah. And then Ukraine. Well, I, I, I would say right at the top, considering the current uh, climate, I, I would say Ukrainians. Yeah. After that, yes. um, the, the homeless. Yeah. And, right. and then women. But obviously, and, being, yeah. Well, no, it's just quite clever because there are, of course, women and the homeless in Ukraine. And uh, yeah. some women are homeless. And uh, Precisely. Then, you know, so it would be Ukrainian homeless women, right at the yep. top, um, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it would be homeless, uh, homeless women, and then right at the, the bottom, U- Ukrainian women, but who aren't homeless, perhaps some Ukrainian women in, in the UK. We, we had um, so- a similar response from our audience, except for number one was uh, Liz Truss. <laughs> Yes, I think she's getting yes. a bit of a hard time at the moment. So. She's having a very. She is getting time. a bit of a hard time. I would actually time. agree that she's having a difficult time. I, I would argue that she's not having a yeah. more difficult time than anyone Ukrainian or homeless. But Nicola, I, do you think it's 
interesting. I mean, usually Martin's interjections are very pointless and irritating, but I thought he made some good points here because actually it was quite exposing because it showed that actually you kind of agree that women's issues are a low priority. <laughs> so maybe maybe you should stop fannying around with, oh, sort of women in their tampons and women in their health right. when there's a war on. Well, there's always a war on somewhere, Harriet. And I would argue that in times of war, it is actually women who suffer the most. Often rape and sexual violence can be uh, tools used, uh, weapons of war against women and women suffer the most. And I'm sure you're probably going to say that they don't fight on the front line and it's the men who have to stay behind. They don't fight on the front line. Women and children lose out the most when it comes to war. So it's still relevant, even, even in wartime. And homeless people really should just get a job, shouldn't well, they? I don't think it's that easy, Harriet. Uh, and I would also argue that, you know, for the homeless population, if you are also female, there are added difficulties and vulnerabilities that are involved in, in sleeping rough or not being able to find a stable accommodation. But Nicola, if I got homeless, I'd just go and stay at my sister and Martin's house. <laughs> well. I don't see why everyone can just Not everybody. do have a spare room, but it, it would be quite tricky at mm. the moment. Um, Lucy, our dog's not feeling well, so I really hope that you don't get... Well, Martin, I'm not going to... I'm not... Obviously, I'm not homeless, am I? So I'm not going no, to go and no, live at your house. it wouldn't be an ideal weekend. Of course, And if I did, I would have to have Lucy removed, as I don't... I don't like a smelly dog. Right. Well, Nicola, thank you so much. I think, I think we've probably talked about all we need to talk about, unless there's anything particular you want to... I don't know, raise or plug or... Uh, something uh, no nothing nothing to plug my end mm-hmm. I just wondered I've always wanted to ask somebody on your because a question I always get asked by people mm-hmm. like yourself is yeah. are you just pretending to be left-wing for the money and I'm not I genuinely actually do believe what comes out of my mouth and I just wanted to ask you Harriet yes, it sort of deleted. yeah no sure I'm sure you, you you'd see it like mm. that but I wanted to ask you has there ever been a point in your career or on a daily basis or an hourly basis where you just see an issue and you see pound signs and go, do you know what? I'm just going to say something controversial too. Because I imagine it happens. No, no. I imagine that's sort of your business No, never. Never at all. Do you know what? I never do. I look through the news and I think, what pressing thing must I talk about that won't... I excite people in the wrong way, but does need to be right. spoken about, you know, like a sort of, you know, like, I don't know, sort of the wokey, the wokey left doing awful things. I'm just, I'm just delivering my view of the world to the people and, you know, overcoming huge obstacles like, like that. One more question you know? before we finish, if I may. Um, how, um, how do you sleep at night? Oh, thank you. Um, very well. I read a book. At the moment, I'm getting through Nadine Doris's collection. Then I have um, a hot chocolate made for me by my husband. And I put on a bit of music and I, I sleep I Fabulous. sleep very well. That's all I need. There's thank usually you. a few sort of texts, quite late night texts for work that I have to do before we start recording as well. So that, I think, gets it off. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. All right. So that's the show. Martin's not here to tell you to subscribe, so I will, but I I really don't understand it. So just, you know, give us 10 stars on iTunes or something. 
Thank you to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Suze Kempner, Sean Burke, Ed Morris, and Nicola Thorpe. You'll hear me next week for some more non-censored. <laughs> <laughs>